and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only podcast of its kind, offering hope, humour and positivity during this pretty grim global pandemic. On the pod today, it was a coffee special with all the usual toppings, coronavirus confession, experts, news stories and so much more. Joining me as ever for pod number... 21, ladies and gentlemen, was a man who doesn't need a cappuccino to be captivating or an espresso to be engaging, Mr. James Ware. James, we head into the final 10 days of our 30 podcasts in 30 days challenge and where better to start on a Monday with a nice big mug of coffee? Couldn't agree more, Dave. And the only thing more energising right now is looping into a Skype call with you every evening to get the podcast (laughs) going. But when that isn't an option, when it's too early in the day to be doing that, coffee tends to do the trick. And we've been hearing about some of the weird and wacky ways in which it's featuring in life right now. I'm really, really jealous of the news out of the States about the drone delivery service. I think that... I I would be ready for a lifetime subscription to that right now. (laughs) How celebrity coffee has suddenly become the hot snap of the moment. And everything from the Dalgona coffee craze to how people are livening up their coffee routine right now. It it really was a real pick-me-up on this Monday night for me. And I hope... For all of our legendary listeners too. We are here every single day on London Coronavirus Podcast. Enjoy the pod. James, I wanted to start today by telling the audience about what I see when we record these podcasts, okay? Because (laughs) (laughs) obviously we're recording these pods separately, where I think we're three boroughs apart, if my London geography is accurate. So I can always see... James wears a big smiley face on my screen over Skype as I record. And also as the sound engineer in this operation, I do get slightly nervous when James leans into the mic, (laughs) usually after one of Stefan's more sinister coronavirus confessions. But anyway, behind him, as we chat, is one of the biggest book collections you could ever imagine. It is so vast, it makes the British Library look thinly stocked. But... What I realised, James, is you're not alone because I've noticed this as a theme. In this coronavirus world, a lot of journalists, experts, teachers, politicians and loads more are offering up their wisdom via video. And they almost exclusively have either books or interesting objects and artefacts calculatedly placed behind them. So, James, I know you're far too hot on your sleeve for that kind of premeditated filter, but it is interesting how we're getting a different window into our worlds and how perhaps what you have behind you on these video calls perhaps defines who you are in this corona age. And even as I say this, I'm wary of what's behind me. But listen, behind you, James, is education and knowledge, and it comes across, my friend. Thanks, man. It does mean that I look, even if I'm doing a video call, not with you, but like a house party on the weekend, I really do look like I'm a BBC News at 10 journalist appearing by video call when they have the camera at a weird angle and they have a library of books behind them. I should hasten to add they're not my books, but my girlfriend's dad is something of a collector. 
So it does make it look like I've taken quarantining really seriously and moved into some underground library <laughs> vault somewhere. But I want to know, with all of these people, like you're saying, like journalists, contributors, all around the world from whatever background, having to suddenly appear on the news. Now, most of them, you know, they go for that academic look or it's kind of like reflecting their tastes or their status in the background when they go live. But I would bet my bottom dollar that at least someone has surely done this with like a fake green screened background and they're actually in like their tip of a flat and yet you go live and you see behind them this kind of minimalist zen dream. Like I I would love like one of those to go wrong at some point. I think we're due one of those from a contributor at some point or just like a really wacky one. Like, they all tend to be much more muchness, don't they? I want to see someone go in and just present one that's extraordinarily out there. Like, them just in this weird, like, indoor playground room in their house. I think that would be a good offering. Mm. But yours is quite iconic too, Dave. Like, behind you, there's always... I'm hearing the voice of God here, but there's the hand of God behind Dave in this framed photo on the wall behind, which, like, I particularly appreciated when, in your day job, you were doing a cameo live on Al Jazeera News the other week, and it was the exact view that I normally have of Dave recording the podcast, beamed into this news studio, like, eight metres high, behind this news presenter (laughs) in front of their desk. I really felt like I was getting my own daily view projected (laughs) onto the Times Square screens or something. (laughs) But I think it does, perhaps, I mean, you've been kind there, James, because you've mentioned the image of Diego Maradona's hand of God, which is, of course, an iconic football image. You probably haven't mentioned there's a bit else behind as well. There's kind of a sheet drying and a few more less glamorous, less dynamic aspects of my life in amongst it. But listen, that's the filter we're going with. And uh, yeah, James, all I can see is your face and books. And that's a beautiful duo image. pod today the theme is coffee and what better place to start on a monday james i love my coffee you love your coffee i've got to say for me coffee has doubled down in its in terms of its importance during this coronavirus age and for me there's something about that second coffee of the day and about Mm. a third of the way through it and this this existed before corona and it exists right now in corona and about a third of the way through my second coffee of the day which i usually have back to back at the moment Everything feels possible. And I've always felt that. And honestly, if you said to me, Dave, we're going to climb Mount Everest or we're going to start a business or we're going to lead an army. After that, just into that second coffee of the day, I believe for about five or ten minutes that anything in the world is possible. And that from a legal ingredient is quite something. I know some people's coffee habits uh, stretch beyond the two or three a day. But I mean, James, you're a big coffee man yourself. So how has that kind of changed or how has that been different in this coronavirus world? Well, I'll know when to time my crazier pod proposals now, Dave. I'm going to get them straight in that 10-minute sweet spot after your second coffee. Force them through. Yeah, I've always felt the same. Like, my daily routine normally, as someone who tends to be working on my laptop or from home anyway, I find it's a really important part of defining my routine. It's like, 
when mm. I have a coffee in the morning, when I have one after lunch, you know, like breaking up the day. I have just found that amplified by this experience. And I think the coffee volume in my day, in every sense of the word, has been turned up. Not just the amount I'm drinking, but the kind of volume of the importance of it too mm. not in terms of just dictating my daily routine but also like we said before on the podcast when i'm out and about and there was those strange days where you couldn't find anywhere to get a coffee before i came across some coffee speakeasies in my neighborhood <laughs> but like somehow that more than anything else felt like a real watershed moment in the change in our freedom because of this situation as well. Mm. Like being on the streets of London and being like, wow, it is not possible for me to just drop in somewhere and get a coffee was what really rammed at home. So I think weirdly, not just for making this theme works, but really in my personal experience, coffee and the way it fits into my day in and out has been saying that's really defined the different dimensions of this experience. And I've seen this in some of the stranger news stories that have come out too. Drone coffee is being pioneered in America, delivering coffee by drone, which I think is a service which would get some serious subscribers Ooh, if it yeah. were to make it into London right now. <laughs> yeah. I like. I feel like... That's the only thing that could add to the buzz of the caffeine, the buzz of a drone coming down your road to deliver it. <laughs> like that would amplify the coffee high even more. I feel that would take it to the next level. I know you're always, Dave, you're the voice of reason in the House on London Coronavirus podcast when it comes to what can and can't be taken online. I've discovered that you can currently, via the magic of Zoom which seems to be able to broadcast even the unbroadcastable. I don't know what they have in that application, but they seem to have found it. Via the magic of Zoom right now, if you're someone stuck at home and the number one thing you're thinking, you know what I'm missing in my life right now because of this situation? A tea ceremony. Well, fear not. You can get a live stream tea ceremony on Zoom. They offer several classes a week, they're doing a special one tomorrow for the new moon. You can get a live wow. stream tea ceremony to your home. What's your verdict on that, Dave? Uh, James, it's a no from me. And <laughs> I just... <laughs> I, I Short don't, but not so sweet. <laughs> I just... We've got to draw the line. And I think as April progresses, I'm going to start getting more courageous with my anti-do-it-online opinion because I think people are being given a free pass, James, to suggest they can do absolutely anything online. And I'm sorry, people, but it's just not the case. And at a certain point, we've got to raise the online drawbridge and say no more room at the inn. And, and I fear that I'm not far away from, from articulating that thought to, to, uh, to almost anyone I meet. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first. I think one of the funnier things that's shown that this feeling of this time being weirdly defined by coffee not just for us Dave or, or some of the other caffeine addicts out there has been all these news articles which are paparazzi shots of celebrities spotted out and about for a coffee and it's like them in a takeaway coffee cup. I was seeing today a shot of Sam Smith in London going out for a coffee 
Gary Barlow. And it really is a summary of the current situation that the most scandalous thing that they can picture a celebrity doing is having a <laughs> takeaway latte. But again, coffee, weirdly, the common denominator when it comes to trying to summarise the experience right now. So it's fully worthy of a special of London Coronavirus podcast today, not just because we're particular fans, Dave. London Coronavirus Podcast. So first up on the pod today, we have our newest and shiniest feature, pandemic purchases. The objects, creatures, items, artefacts and more that you might have bought in the past few weeks that you would never usually have purchased. And today... James, we've got my very own dad, ladies and gentlemen. So oh, wow. I'll let... Yeah, <laughs> yeah quite something. Uh, slowly we're getting through the Windsor and Ware families in terms of WhatsApp audio contributions. And I feel like we've still got a bit of mileage left too, James. But today my dad uh, has offered up his pandemic purchase. So I'll let Tony take it away with his pandemic purchase. Hello, Dave, James... Uh, London Coronavirus Podcast. This is Tony from Hearst. Yes, Dave, it's your dad again. You know how I like a strong coffee. Here's one for the pandemic purchase. Yesterday, tried to get my coffee beans from the normal supermarket. My normal hot lava java strength five, which I like. Unfortunately, no lava java left on the shelves. But what did I find? A new lot called Brooklyn Hustle from across the pond. Strength nine. Oh, yes. These are good coffee beans. Really buzzing. All the best. Keep up the good work. James, I think it's fair to say that in order to deal with this coronavirus world, you need more than a kind of medium strength coffee, right? Like the latte for me is not a coronavirus coffee. We need the real big players. So I love that leap from five to nine. That's a genuine gear shift. It's kind of Snowden to Everest in, in minimum time. And I think, to be honest, you've just got to, at this point in time, at this point in our lives, you just got to order the strongest coffee that you've got going, right? Like my dad there went for a strength nine, but if there was a strength 99, you'd go for it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I love that from him as well, because... It's really epitomising the working with what you have approach, which we've heard so much across London Coronavirus podcasts and more broadly in the past few weeks. But I like that that was like a Trojan horse for increasing the strength of this coffee. <laughs> it was like, well, in these tough times when my normal supply is out, I'm just going to have to crank this up to a nine. Seems like the perfect way to get away with it. I think personally... I've been somewhat guilty of that too, Dave. Like, I've just substituted in, in terms of the situation right now, it feels like everything that we have as comfort is required in a slightly larger size, maybe than before. That certainly applied to my dark chocolate ration too. Mm. And so, <laughs> wherever you'd normally use a teaspoon of coffee to whack in the cafetiere... I've just been using a tablespoon. I feel it's a time for rounding up, you know, and (laughs) it's only one letter difference in an abbreviation. (laughs) So it's almost more of a a slip of a pen rather Mm. than anything more serious, (laughs) I think. You know what I discovered today in my research for the show, actually, was that Teddy Roosevelt 
a man who showed some leadership in times of crisis himself, former president of America, he drank a gallon of coffee a day. That's 3.785 litres of coffee a day. I mean, he must have wow. walked around the White House like all the floors were made of trampoline material by the time he got that ration in him. That is a crazy... That's a... That's a dangerous amount. I've got to say it again, James. Gallons. Yeah, a gallon. That's 3.78 litres. So I know your pandemic purchase recently, Dave, yeah, your two, two litre jug, right? It's more than one and a half of those of coffee a day. Maybe that will have to be your challenge for tomorrow. London Coronavirus Podcast Living Next up, we've got for you a coffee quarren dream. Yes, this is our living the quarren dream feature where we hear how people are making the best of their current situation. And today we're hearing about how it seems to be the perfect opportunity to master the trickiest of coffee skills that is coffee art. So I'm currently living the quarren dream like everyone else. And one of the things I'm focusing on at the moment is trying to really master coffee art. Now, having studied art at university, I can confirm it's one of the hardest mediums to really craft and, and master. It's ever-changing conditions when, from room temperature to outdoor temperature and even the actual milk consistency, um, like most uh, baristas out there. I'm using Oatly's barista milk to kind of froth my art. And I think overall, it just offers a lot more creamy kind of fattiness to it. It's high, immensely high levels of sugar. So not good for me at all. But in terms of crafting the medium, it, it's perfect. It kind of thickens it up um, a little bit more like a gloss paint. Um, which is which is super in terms of the actual textures and shapes i've started with a really basic splodge um, more of like um kind of a jackson pollock style approach to my art and um, as i've gradually developed it's become a bit more um, um kind of rothko in terms of the shapes and everything but um hopefully i'll be shifting away from the standard heart into more of a leaf and this weekend i'm going to be um, definitely perfecting the easter egg but yeah for me it's just been a great time to I guess, master that craft as much as I can in order to, you know, potentially one day open my own kind of independent um, coffee shop, which would be fantastic. And um, any names, please let me know, guys. Thanks so much. So much I love about that, James. Number one, splodge. You don't hear it very much. I mean, we got glum the other day and I was like, I never hear the word glum. I think that's beautiful old English. Splodge, fantastic. Secondly, I like how our quarren dreams now are becoming fully fledged ambitions, aren't they? It's not now just people messing around in a garage. Like That's a genuine idea to propel that into some kind of business and uh, a shop in the future. So fantastic. And yeah, and also just the sacrifice of health at the expense of art. That's uh, it's, uh, kind of beautiful. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just loved all of that, James. Loved all of that. Yeah, it feels like the quarren dreams are really turning pro, aren't they? We're at that mm. stage where with the raising of the 
situation. People are also raising the bar of their activities, it seems. And it's getting serious. Have you ever had one of those coffees? I mean, it sounded like there were some amazing designs in the making there. Have you ever had one of those coffees where you actually get 3D printed? So you take a photo and they send it to this special machine. It's like £500 coffee printing machine. And it prints the photo onto the milk so that you have like a coffee portrait. Uh, no, James, but I'm sensing you're about to tell me you have. Yeah, I, I've actually had two. I had one in Riga in Latvia uh-huh. back in the day where you could travel. Yeah. We kind of had a group portrait show where we all got them because this random bar had them as a gimmick. And then weirdly, a, a client of mine's house she suddenly took a photo, got very excited, and then came back with my face on the coffee there. And she just bought one of her machines for one of those machines for her own entertainment. Which at the time I was like, five hundred pounds just to print your daily coffee face <laughs> seems somewhat <laughs> indulgent. But right now that is a prime pandemic purchase. Absolutely, you know that would keep me pretty entertained. I mean, I've been trying to bring some entertainment to coffee myself by getting really into the Dalgona coffee craze Mm. that's been going viral online. Like, it's come out of Korea. For anyone who hasn't seen it, it's this kind of whipped, foamy coffee that you make. It's super simple to make, which is partly why it's become so popular. We spoke about it briefly on the pod before. So all you do is, like, whack some instant coffee, some sugar, and some spoons of hot water in a glass bowl or whatever you have knocking around and then whisk them up together and I've been getting into those not only because it provides a bit more entertainment in coffee form but I think also because the name Dalgona just sounds so exotic right now like in in a world where things have never been more local to have the Dalgona it sounds like it's come from much farther afield than the shops at the end of my road, which are about as far afield as I make it right now. Although I feel... <laughs> I was just going to say, James, it sounds like an Italian spaceship to me. <laughs> as, you know, it... it certainly launches off my day like an Italian spaceship <laughs> launch mission. But I feel like, look, it's great. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Adalgoda. It's become a staple for me. But I feel like this time is crying out for a coffee that's more signature in terms of direct relation to the event. I mean, that one's easy and it's flair. It's great for Instagram, so I can see why it appeals. But I feel like there's one, you know, like the Quarantini, Mm. the cocktail that's directly related to now. I feel like the budding baristas out there should surely have come up with something riffing on what we're all going through right now a bit more directly. I'm thinking maybe the stay in your flat white or the <laughs> lockdown latte, or even just the locker, I think, <laughs> yeah, could be yeah. a good option. Those of us who are enjoying it a bit less right now can maybe indulge in a crappuccino. <laughs> I think there are lots of options out there. So if anyone's feeling coffee creative, like our Quarren Dream today, I'd love to see what people can come up with. You can always find us on Instagram at London CV Podcast. And we'd love to get sharing your quarantine coffees on there. Coronavirus 
Next up on the pod, we have our coronavirus confession corner. This is the part of the podcast where we invite our listeners and wider audience to come in and offload their sins because Windsor and Ware will do nothing but listen. After Stefan's hat-trick last week, we've opened the door to some new humans to deliver their confessions. And today we've got Bruce from Bristol with his coronavirus confession. Hi there, it's Bruce from Bristol. So my confession during this coronavirus is yesterday I had nine coffees and I didn't even feel the effects. (laughs) He's so (laughs) smug. Well, that, I mean, that, James, is a total change in tone because Bruce, he wasn't remotely remorseful. It sounded actually like there was a bit of a swagger, a bit of arrogance. He had nine coffees. He didn't feel it. This coronavirus confession corner has taken a real, a real swerve there, I feel. Yeah, self-isolating satisfaction, I thought, at <laughs> reaching absolute top levels right there. But yeah, a very confident confession. Mm. I, I feel like there's some room for a little bit of chastising before you exit the booth when you come up, come in that bravely. But I would love to know right now, if they started making like those thermometer kind of guns that have become one of the iconic global images of this crisis, if they started making caffeine detectors like that, that could just Mm. like laser measure people's caffeine levels, I'd be very intrigued to see what's going on right now with most people because if like we are dave you rely on hot drinks to kind of keep you ticking over define the routine of your day and just make you productive when you're stuck at home i'd be super interested to know how people's caffeine levels have got up right now and it sounds like bruce from bristol is really leading (laughs) the charge in that respect i I think he'd probably break a caffeine level measuring gun if he's going to keep up those efforts your dad at the moment on his strength nine coffee too sounds like he'd be tucking away a serious score i'd like to know what the national average is right now Next up on Love the Coronavirus podcast, we have the section of the pod where we invite an expert in to deliver a little bit of wisdom and knowledge. And we're absolutely delighted today to invite Camilla Simpson, leading psychotherapist, back onto the podcast. And even though, James, we've been pretty lighthearted about coffee and caffeine and people going extra strong with their coffee, if we could just segue slightly into the more serious topic of how habits and bad habits can actually be really detrimental to your physical and mental health. So I'm going to let Camilla take it away uh, with some really, really important words on this. My name is Camilla Simpson, and I'm a psychotherapist specialising in the treatment of addiction and mental health disorders. Recent research has shown that since the lockdown began, alcohol consumption has surged in the UK, with one study finding that 61% of Britons had increased their alcohol intake since social distancing measures were introduced. Meanwhile, Google searches for Wine Delivery UK had increased by 2,250% in the last month. At the same time, anxiety has increased across the nation, We probably all find ourselves self-diagnosing a slight tickle in the throat as the onset of coronavirus. 
Consequently, we're turning to more and more coping mechanisms. And we're doing this for one or two reasons, either to reward ourselves for getting through another day or escaping from something, whether that's boredom, frustration or depression. Essentially, we are behaving in response to our feelings. So it's now, during these times, that we should be taking care of our mental and physical health in order to understand ourselves and each other better and to adjust things as necessary. Alcohol, sugar, fatty or salty foods taste great, but they are a false fix. These send several hits of dopamine to the reward centre in our brains. And as time goes on, the part of our brain which becomes affected is the prefrontal cortex, the part right behind the forehead. And why is this important? Because it's the prefrontal cortex which is the part responsible for staying vigilant, for making good decisions and for staying smart and focused. And we need to be doing that now more than ever. Don't let your brains become hooked, hacked and hijacked. Addictive processes such as excessive screen time affect the same part of the brain as drugs or alcohol. So watch yourself and be accountable to a loved one. And if you can't do that, at least be honest to yourself. In the meantime, stay safe, stay connected and I'll see you on the other side. So much gold in there, James. It's almost worth going back and listening to that two or three times, I think, because it was just filled with great stuff. And accountability is so important and even stuff that you think isn't important. For example, I don't ever consider myself as someone having a sweet tooth, but we've talked mm-hmm. about this off pod. And suddenly I find myself like eating sweets and things like that that I never would have usually done. Uh, so it's really interesting to kind of check your own behaviours. And clearly like a few sweets here or there is not a problem. But you can see, you can see how, it, how important it is during this time to just stay completely accountable to what you're putting in your body. And that includes like screen time and, and, and everything a little bit more sinister too. So yeah, some fantastic stuff from Camilla as always. Yeah, absolutely. You can see why this time is so ripe for people getting into difficulties, right? And we've spoken about it in kind of light-hearted casual ways. And it's important, I think, that we have things that, like, help us through this time, but we also have to be really aware about that and how we're using them and that they're not taking over. And I think what she touched on, which seems really key too, is realising that, like, when we get through this, and of course we will, and there will be a time when this ends, you know, if we don't do that in a way where we are aware and we're being accountable to ourselves, then it will still impact us then. You know, if we're we're using things to cope in a bad way now, we may just think, oh, we're just coping with this really difficult situation. But like, that's going to affect us when this situation is over. So taking on board some of her words of wisdom, I think really important for all of us right now. Uh, yeah, and I also just wanted to add, James, that if anyone has listened to that from Camilla and genuinely needs someone to talk to, then do get in touch with one of us because uh, Camilla's said to me that she's she she's certainly uh, she's available and open uh, if someone needs a chat. Next up on the podcast, we have our global update, the part of the pod where we scan the globe and drop in and just see 
how everyone is individually and collectively dealing with this global pandemic. And today on the pod, James, I know we do go far, pretty far and wide, don't we? We've had mm. contributions from Argentina, Japan, Australia, and plenty more besides. But today, we're going to Baku in Azerbaijan, not potentially somewhere you might have thought of, and, but it just goes to show that literally every single country on this planet is dealing with the situation and in different ways. And my friend Oscar, uh, who is originally from Canada, and we met a few years back, really, really cool guy, Oscar. And uh, he's been living in Azerbaijan as a teacher. I'll let him take it away with his global update. Hello, everybody from Baku, Azerbaijan. I've lived here for a year and a half now, and I work at a school. However, since the beginning of March, all schools have been closed. Um, currently in Baku, all um, restaurants, bars, cafes, uh, nightclubs, chaikanas um, are closed. However, home delivery and takeout is still available on most things. As of the weekend, you need a special permission to leave your house, which you can get once a day for two hours. This allows you to go to the supermarket or to the pharmacy or to the bank. Um, everything is very peaceful and calm here. There's been none of the panic buying or product shortages that I've seen in the media in Europe or the States. Um, everything is available in the supermarket that you, that you could need, which is really good. And people seem to be handling it um, really well despite this difficult time um, and with summer just around the corner, I think a lot of people are hoping that things will get back to normal pretty soon. Yeah, that James was some Baku in Azerbaijan and my man Oscar. And again, always great to hear from different parts of the world, especially as parts as uh, not well known as, 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 as others, such as Azerbaijan. Um, but listen, the themes are always pretty similar, aren't they, James? Even though each country is dealing with the situation in a different way. And it's good to hear that in Azerbaijan, everything seems pretty calm. And what always comes across as well is just that desire to return to normal. You know, it's, it's, it, just, it just runs through every country, I think. Yeah, it's amazing the more we hear from all these different places all over the world. It's amazing how there are all these themes which run throughout them and how they're dealing with them and the measures involved but also how, like, somehow there's always still a little bit of local variation too. Like, it, yeah. it feels like kind of every possible interpretation of that you need to stay at home, but you're only allowed to go outside for X is being played out somewhere <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. world right now. Like, some algorithm has generated every rule possibility, and each country's <laughs> gone, yeah, we'll have that one. No, no, we'll take that one. Amazing, like how it's kind of the same but different pretty much everywhere. That would be a kind of super, super short summary of it based on all the amazing different variations we've got. And now, as we run towards the end of the show, it's time for the audio hug in a mug which is coronavirus kindness. And today, in honour of our special, it's a coronavirus coffee kindness. Try saying that after a triple espresso. 
And we've got a double for you, actually, today. The first one comes from a brilliant initiative that's just started on Instagram. It's called The Social Coffee Shop. You can find it if you look for Social Coffee Shop on Instagram. And the idea is, if, like Dave and I, you're suddenly making your own coffees in various innovative, lively ways, rather than buying them out like you normally would... You pay £2.50 that you would have spent on a coffee to the social coffee shop for a virtual coffee that you're having at home. And that goes towards food banks. So brilliant idea that someone's had there of little ways that people can spend money that they would have spent normally on helping people out at need right now. And another one on a similar theme is the NHS Coffee Appeal which is on a mission to turn clapping into coffee, which sounds like the morning current equivalent of water into wine, and one we can all get behind. And people who are contributing to that are sending coffee makers or coffee pods to NHS staff in hospital around the country because lots of them have said that one of the things that really helps them the most to just keep going right now is having some decent coffee. So two amazing initiatives that Mm. you can get involved with if you are a coffee fan listening to our coffee special today. We end the London Coronavirus podcast as we do every day with a quote, something to set you up for the next 24 hours. And Today, James, I was thinking about the habits and hobbies that people are trying to take up or improve upon or even master during lockdown. There's so many of them. And especially Mm. if you go on your your social media accounts, you look at everyone sort of chipping away at different hobbies. And I find it absolutely fascinating. There's this one girl I follow who I don't know that well, but she's learning to play the trumpet, which is kind of maybe not something you'd really think about. But she posts like a, a couple of minute clip. Uh, every day and it's just fascinating to see that kind of slow and steady progress and I was thinking about what people are going to take away from this and I I certainly don't want to uh, preach and you know some people have super busy lives and actually don't have that much time during this period but a lot of people do and I do think it's important James that if in three months we get let out and the world's kind of back to normal-ish I think we do need something a little bit more than just uh, oh, that was a weird few months. You know, we, we, we hopefully can take something away from this. And mm. uh, and I just, I, I tip my hat to anyone who's putting it out there on social media, their little hobbies or things they're trying to improve. So I settled on this quote from Plato, nonetheless. Never discourage anyone who continually makes progress, no matter how slow. <laughs> 